How about that new DualShock 5 patent? We can't see the light. Hello and welcome to Triangle Squared. I'm your host, Brett, back and alongside me, as always, Mr. Sawbridge is bringing you guys Lucky 139. 139. I have to make it a point to copy him every time so that I can try and remember myself, and I still never do. So you know what? Maybe it's time to shake up a change. That's my New Year's resolution. <laughs> Just know you make the thumbnails for the odd episodes. I make them for the even ones. That is a good point. That's how um, I keep that. So. Anyway, if you've never watched us, we are, like he said, Triangle Squared, a PlayStation podcast. And uh, you can find us on YouTube if you want to watch our pretty faces. And uh, you can do so every Monday at 10 a.m. PST and 12 p.m. CST. Uh, and if you like what we're talking about over there, go down in the comments, let us know your thoughts about any of the stuff we're talking about. Uh, if you want to be part of the community's take section where we ask the community a question at the end of every episode and get their feedback, and then at the beginning of the following episode, go back over their thoughts of it. Uh, you can do so by commenting down below if you'd like. If you want to listen to us instead of watching our ugly mugs, and you can go, like I said, we have pretty faces one moment and ugly mugs the next. This is how it happens. Uh, you can listen to us on podcast services via iTunes, Google Play Music, Podbean, which have an app that you can also comment on if you don't want to have to uh, be at the whims of social media. If you want to communicate with us and be part of the community's take or anything else, you can head over to our social media if you'd like. It's Twitter at Triangle SQRD. Our Facebook group is Triangle Squared, a PlayStation podcast. And, of course, you can join our moment-to-moment day-to-day discussions in our discord that we always have linked down in the description below on that we have a podcast open discussion channel where you can talk about anything we're talking about with the podcast and share your thoughts uh, we have a community's take section as well uh, where you can give your thoughts to the community's take question and of course you can just hang out with everybody and talk in the general chat or any of the other themed chat rooms that we have like the death stranding chat going on right now and everything else last but certainly not least if you like what we're doing over here and would like to consider giving us even a little bit a little bit of that money that you go to work and earn then you can go to uh, patreon.com slash nartech and give as little as a dollar a month for some pretty cool stuff over there i've got to really get done if you're watching this i have like half of the custom cases done for that tier i gotta get the rest of them done just been very busy uh, but we'll get those sent out soon so you can have them as your triangle squared christmas present but with that said it's time to start this show off the right way. Before we get into the main topic that we will kind of land on with this week's a little bit slower stuff as we near the holidays, we will be talking about the new DualShock 5, or what we'll say really is this PlayStation 5 controller patent. Uh, don't think that there's been a name assigned to it yet. And I'm actually curious to see if they're going to keep the DualShock monitor con- um, moniker considering that they are moving away from traditional rumble and going towards haptic feedback. So we'll see if there's a new name for once or if they just keep it as a legacy thing. Um, but starting the show off the right way, Saul, what's been up to you? What's been playing? I have been playing Pokemon Sword exclusively this week. I took a break from Death Stranding just for this week for Pokemon because I told you at work the other day that I my plan was to hop back into Death Stranding on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And then I'll have Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday to beat Death Stranding and knock it all the way out. Are you done with Pokemon yet? I beat it today. I had a feeling that you'd be close. Or actually, I beat it yesterday. I beat the post-game stuff today. Now, post-game stuff, do you mean like the however they're handling the idea of the Elite Four today, this time around, whether it's an Elite Four or not? There is no Elite Four. It's a tournament. Yeah, that's okay. beating That's beating the game. Okay. And then after that, there's a little post-game mission that kind of opens up a couple of other things. And you get to explore the entire Kanto region. That'd be cool. I'd be cool. <laughs> I'd actually, be, it'd be cool if it was Kalos and go back to X and Y. Oh, that, that would be Europe. cool. Yeah. But, uh, 
But yeah, that's that's been pretty much it uh, in terms of actually like playing stuff. I did hop on Minecraft last night with Joe for like two hours, and we were playing Minecraft last night. That's why I sent you that picture in the messages. What was that? Just it's like his base that's like hiding, uh, floating in the air. Yeah, like you can only get to it by going through the Nether realm. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so uh, he was sending it to me so he could uh, so he could show me what it looked like because I was getting off as he was trying to find it, and then he found the Nether rock portal that could take him there. Okay, well, hit your boy up whenever you are playing. I wouldn't mind getting back into Minecraft. I know it's wildly different. We might play a little bit tonight, um, but it depends on when my plans for tonight ends. Uh, If it's later than I'm thinking, then probably not. I got you. Some point this week. But what about you? I can't remember exactly the day I beat Death Stranding, so I don't know if I said this last time, but I have beat Death Stranding. And as such, I did not uh, continue to play toward the trophy just yet. Um just had stuff going on that I wanted to get done personally. And then I decided to go ahead and pick up Pokemon uh, because I happen to have a trade credit card. I'm trading in some games like, over a month ago that I was like, I'm just going to trade them in while they're at their best value. Cause I don't need them anymore. Uh, but I didn't know what to do with them. So I went and picked up Pokemon, got Pokemon sword. I enjoy it. Uh, if you have any care about what my thoughts on Pokemon is, I'll give them very briefly here. I think the game is fun. I think it's a fine game. I don't think it's worth $20 more than other Pokemon games have been, and I don't think it's the jump to console that I would have personally expected from a series making a jump to console in, a, in the true way. Very similar. The, the, the one I keep using, the, the reference I keep using as to what I would have liked to see, not saying it had to be it or that I necessarily expect it, uh, but very similar to how Monster Hunter, despite being on consoles for a long time, was still de- developed as a primary handheld game. Uh, yeah. And you'd see those limitations come across in the console version because it was more just like, well, how do you bring a handheld game to a console just with a slightly better resolution and stuff? Instead, when we got Monster Hunter World, we got the idea of how do you take the idea of Monster Hunter and everything that it's been so far, refresh it a lot, change a lot of what's going on with it, but in a way that still feels true to the Monster Hunter setup, while also revolutionizing most of it and really bringing the franchise up to a whole group of new people, potentially. And I think that they did that wonderfully with Monster Hunter World. We saw that happen. and We saw that. Other people agreed with that, with the sales. And I wish that Pokemon, with their jump to what Nintendo wants to call a console, despite my uh, lack of agreeance in that statement. But either way, if we're going to call this a console and have the ability to play it, I just feel like it, it didn't take a single step toward anything that the console would have offered over a handheld. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't mean anything bad about the game. I still think the game's very fun. But small stuff like occasional voice acting, I don't even mean across the whole game because that's a bit much. It's excessive. But I think the opening cutscene would have been a lot cooler with that voice acting. I think that there's been a couple of cutscenes throughout the game that I think would have really benefited from minor voice yeah. acting. I'm not going to say that it's required, but it would have made it feel more like, oh, this is what Pokemon does when they're moving to a console. It's them changing the idea of what a Pokemon game can be instead of just further iterating on what they've been doing so long. My, and my, my final example of how I want to say it as well is that when X and Y was coming, back when that was a real big thing, uh, I remember my entire friend group and everybody online all the same, when they first showed X and Y, it was pretty much universal praise because it was like for the first time you saw Pokemon take a major jump and a major change. And that was not only in graphics, which of course was a thing. The models of it the was, characters and stuff. It was character models, it was all that stuff. It was even going down into a lot of more changes of the game that I think are actually handled a lot better than what this game tried to do. I actually think that Dynamax is quite shallow. The fact that all the moves are just 
if you have a list of moves and by the time you dynamax, it's just max, whatever that thing was called. And I just feel like it's shallow in a weird way. Um, it's not awful. It's just weird. Yeah. Uh, and I just, I think they handled mega evolutions uh, a lot better. So I, I guess the introduction of new types, there was a lot of stuff that made X and Y feel like a bigger jump than this did. And it wasn't even to a console. It was just a jump to a next handheld. Yeah. So I, I'm, I guess what I should say is right now, I'm more excited to see what they do with the second proper Pokemon game on Switch more than this one. But well, this one's fun, and it's it's at least... I mean, it's it's worth what I paid for it because I technically only paid, like, $10. What uh, what I was going to say is I I am enjoying the game a lot, and I, I, I have a couple problems with it, but nothing to take away from an overall experience too much. Um, but what I am more excited for now is to see how what they do with the Sinnoh stuff that's coming supposedly next year. Yes, that's a big question. Uh, we saw a pretty quick turnaround on Pokemon going to the Gen 3 remake yeah. uh, from X and Y, and I actually think that a lot of what they did with um, Oros, uh, Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire, was took a lot of the ideas from X and Y and iterated on them in a way that felt a lot better and interesting. And yeah. if, we can, if we can see that jump again, then we might end up with a game that feels like even though maybe it shouldn't be, but it feels like at least if that's the truth, when we see a Sinnoh remake that brings a lot of the things I would have liked to see this game do, like maybe we get light voice acting. Oh, I don't, 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 don't count on that. I don't, for, I don't count on it, but no. maybe, maybe we do. And then yeah. Maybe we see some, you're not going to get huge but, incremental upgrades in that form. You're we, might. Get, we got quite a bit of updates with, uh, with Oros that I was genuinely surprised to see, uh, being able to soar around the open map was amazing. I thought that was a really no, cool idea. I mean, that, you'll still get that stuff for Sinnoh though. Is what I'm saying. Like, like you're not, you're, you're going to get what, what is in, um, is it weird that the ability to fly around the map in Oros actually feels way more next-gen and console-like than what they've decided to do with Sword and Shield? I, I guess I'm just surprised by how many load breaks and stuff that there are in certain areas. Yeah, like it, it's taken a very traditional fast travel system in, yeah. into the game instead of something Pokemon. But let, let's get off Pokemon. I don't That's keep, true. We're, we're on a PlayStation podcast, yeah. Um, anything else, though? Uh, no, I don't think that. Uh, well, okay. Uh, I played uh, Black Desert Online with Donovan, yeah. uh, and I, I didn't mind it at all. It's not a game that the story matters at all. Mm-hmm. It's uh, or at least yet, I should say. Uh, though it does have a Full Metal Alchemist uh, dwarf in the flask style thing with the little black spirit that comes up that you're talking to, and you don't know whether you're tr- trusting him or not. Um, Is that the game that's like pay to win? No, not that I've seen. Okay. Uh, Black yeah. Desert was the one that uh, DZ was talking to you about that has the uh, no. I played Black in- Desert. Insanity. Yeah, I played it. I downloaded it on my PC and I, I created a character which was in depth as as all ridiculous. Everything. Actually, yeah. yes. Um, but I, I remember being pushed away from it or another game, another MMO, because it was essentially a pay to win MMO. I haven't seen that in this yet. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll say that while the story ultimately is. Eh, like again, so far it doesn't matter yet. Uh, I like that the game kind of takes the Guild Wars style of uh, pace, where you you get cool boss fights and stuff early in the game instead of just having to wait till end game stuff. Yeah. Um, instead of early MMO boss a, fights just being a little big enemies, the bigger. Yeah, it's it's interesting, and the the mechanics being driven toward a real time battle system. I love. It's also what I felt. Um, was really cool about DC Universe Online. So I guess, you know, if, if I don't have a lot of time for those types of games, but Donovan was really enjoying it. I've been kind of wanting to get in one that feels like I could drop in and out of it. And that one does feel like I could do that. We only played for a couple of hours. I got leveled quite a bit. I think I'm like level 14 or 15 already. Mm-hmm. And um, it was just, it, it's it, the game is really fun to play. It's not quite 
as polished as some games, but it's got a charm that kind of reminds me of a game that uh, I think I know that Seth played. I can't remember if we did or not, but I talk about it all the time still. Silk Road Online. I never played it. No, uh, but yeah, it has it has some of the rough around the edges, but charming elements of that as well. So yeah, I played a little bit of that. I plan to get back into my PlayStation pretty heavily because if you don't get uh, if y'all don't get on Minecraft tonight, and I don't end up getting on there, I plan to go buy uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, that'll be coming for the weekend after yeah. uh, Black Friday. And I'm going to go ahead and buy it because it's not going to be on sale on Black Friday, so I'm not really worried about it. Oh, yeah. Uh, but Need for Speed Heat and some other games that I was waiting Yucky. on, going to get those for the cheap on Black Friday. So we'll see what happens. Do we know if Blaze is coming for Black Friday or not? He's, unless his flu continues to go crazy, he will be in Beaumont. Should so. got a flu shot. <laughs> Watch Dick is your best. Anyway... <laughs> Uh, we can get moving on with this. Um, let's see. I guess what we have to do next is go to the community's take. And the community's take question was simple. It asked, what are your thoughts on Xbox as we near the start of the next generation? Are they in a better place to be more competitive to PlayStation than they were going into this generation, in your opinion? Um, over on Twitter, we had Mr. Sweet Jones, our buddy... <laughs> Ryan said their biggest disadvantage is the digital libraries millions of PS4 owners have amassed these last few years. Assuming you'll have access to them via backwards compatibility, which from all points we've heard that will be the case, Xbox will be a secondary system for most next gen, I believe, unless the studios that they picked up are really exceptional. Um, and he actually just used a little, you know, quality. Okay. Um, Oh, what, what would that be like? Ace? Like, mm, unless they're just mm. yeah, like you know when that. you when you eat food and this is really good and you got a mouthful Mama Mia. and someone goes, "Hey, is that how's that pie?" You go, mm. "Delicioso." <laughs> All right, Dora, calm down. <laughs> uh, anyway, over on Facebook, we got a bunch of them too, and we have let's see, right here, Mr. Chad Van Horn says, "I don't hate Xbox or anything. They just lack enough exclusive games that would make me want to purchase another one." I will say kudos to them for getting Kingdom Hearts and Final Fantasy titles ported over. Yeah, good yeah, to see. And agreed. they've had some of these, but this is the first time they're getting other ones. So that is, of course, a big deal. Uh, Josh Drago and his infinite trolling says they suck and they Spaghetti will still turkey. suck butt. Oh. Um, that's, that's the family-friendly version of what he said. <laughs> to which my basic response is, I know that he's joking and being coarse on purpose, uh, but the thing I say to everybody is that no big company can, cl- can suck. You can dislike them, you can disagree with them, you can think they're making bad decisions, but they can't suck as a whole because no company becomes a multi-billion dollar company or, you know, even... Does multi-million dollar companies count? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it was a multi-million dollar company, but it no longer is. So, if you want to say, ooh, you sucked, clearly they even thought so because they had to get out of that. <laughs> Speaking of that, did you hear that Google shut down their Google Cloud service? No, but I'm not surprised. You realize that's like a big red flag with Stadia just coming out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's I'm scary. not surprised with Stadia. Anyway, a couple more real quick over here. We have Mr. Ken Nace, uh, who recently joined the thing. Though I think he's, I don't know, he, his name sounds familiar, but recently joined us over on Facebook. He says, I think they are in a much worse position going into next gen. Halo and Gears, and I actually really think this is an interesting look. Uh, Halo and Gears have dropped off in popularity, and none of the new IPs that they released have been a big success, either critically or commercially. Unless Sony messes up massively on price or has manufacturing issues, I don't see Xbox making Xbox making up much ground next gen. And I actually think that's really interesting because he does make a lot of good points. 
where Xbox have put a lot of time and energy into this generation to make a service that is really valuable with Game Pass, and even if you want to go further and say Game Pass Ultimate with the, its $15, uh, giving you not only Game Pass on console, but also on PC, what they're doing is diversifying a service idea. And now that service is partially buoyed by exclusives, but they're, but he is right. The exclusives are not what we saw We've seen more new IPs from Sony this generation really catch fire. Yeah. And more new IPs in general. On top of the fact that their two flagship IPs for the last generation, Halo and Gears, have all... I'm not going to say fluttered out because the thing is is that Halo 5... just we're, This is all talking about sales. Halo 5 did not sell anywhere near to expectation. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing them try and course correct really hard with Halo Infinite, which may, in fact, be a turnaround for the series. We'll just have to wait and see. Gears, on the other hand, Gears 4 did not sell very well. Gears 5 has sold much better than Gears 4, but I don't know that there's concrete numbers, and it's always weird to understand how those numbers work with Game Pass being part of that as well. Yeah. So since we don't quite know how to compare them, at least what we'll say is if you want to look at the public conversation around those games, they're not what they once were. Yeah, and, and at least I clearly see that as well. And if you think outside of Halo and Gears, what's one other new IP that came this generation that is? And, I, and I'm not dissing any of their other ones. I'm sure there's ones that individual people like, but on a bigger, larger public scale, which ones have they done that's in a similar vein? Now, whether that's important to consumers is a whole other conversation. That comes down to whether consumers, which clearly I think Sony shows that they're at least a large group of consumers that still want new IP that's really compelling. Mm-hmm. But are there people who still actually really like the fact that unlike Sony right now, even though they had a couple of, of examples recently with like Concrete Genie, we've seen Xbox do a lot more in the exclusively platform exclusive and published by you know the platform manufacturers like we've seen Microsoft Game Studios publish a number of charming indie-like titles. Yeah. And we've seen Sony do less of that this generation. Oh, yeah. In comparison to uh, Microsoft, who seem to have done a lot more of it this generation. So it's almost like they flipped because we saw a lot of them from PlayStation definitely in the last couple of years of the PS3 and even the early years of PS4. Yeah, early years of PS4, their, their indie campaign was strong. Yeah, which, you know, the, the the situation with Shuhei coming back around looks like they're aiming to try and recreate that because they realize they lost it. Uh, but do you have any thoughts on that? No, yeah, you said pretty much everything. Covered all the bases. And let's see. I think that wraps up. Uh, let me look over real quick. We had one on Discord. Oh, yeah. Mr. Atlas Unchained coming in last minute. Thank you, sir. Says, and he's one of our patrons. We love you, buddy. He says, they are definitely in a better spot with all the studio acquisitions. I think they learned the lesson about exclusives and their importance this gen. And I agree. Much like Ken said, since they don't have these new things coming, or since they didn't have new IPs that came and gained a lot of ground this generation, rather, um, I think that they saw that and they've talked about it from about halfway through the gen and moving forward. And all we've seen is steps for them to prepare to remedy that. We've not seen the fruits of that labor just yet, but we've seen the groundwork. And I think that that does mean that there's a good chance that next generation we may actually see them come out with a host of new IP that are very compelling. It just depends. And we kind of have to play the wait and see game on there. Anything else? Saul? I'm curious just to see what they'll do with all these uh, studio acquisitions within the next couple of years. See if it's for good or for neutral or, you know, what, what all the outcome will be. Do you think personally that their acquisition of Ninja Theory 
uh-huh. was in an effort to look at what Hellblade did, look at that Hellblade was kind of considered, and I don't mean this completely because I don't think that they want to do this. I think they want to have a diverse IP. And one of the things that I think that they realized that they didn't have going for them, that it seems like they tried making some of their other games, was trying to make them a little bit too much like the Sony style of exclusives here and there. Uh, trying it with different franchises here and there like oh we're going to take halo and try and make it have a little bit more of an action adventure standpoint than it originally did or at least that's what i kind of took out of five what halo game five no i'm not going to say completely but it doesn't feel like halo one two three or four to me or even odst actually even in odst is a weird halo game in a good way um but i don't know something about halo five just seems like it's, and I'm, I don't think it's, I don't necessarily know it's chasing that, but it seems like it's chasing something that they thought the franchise needed that I don't think anybody else thought it needed. And what it is, is hard to put my finger on. No, I just, I thought Halo 5 was a miss because they introduced a lot of unneeded, unneeded characters. Well, it gets to this point. I think part of it, why I say they're chasing something is that, you know what? Something we saw at the end of last gen, uh, a good bit of, and we even saw it coming into this gen here and there with Sony exclusives. Uh, but we saw the idea of having a campaign told throughout the perspective of a number of people. Uh, and that was one of the things that Halo 5 tried to chase that I feel like they really missed on, and I don't, I don't know that it was a bad idea, maybe more so than just bad execution. I can't think of many games that have done that at all. Well, Grand Theft Auto V, of course, is one of them. But that's not a Sony game. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, sa- I'm saying games in general. Oh, okay. But we did see it with the Sony game with Detroit. No, after. Uh, and, that is, yeah, and that was one of those. Uh, so I mean, we've seen it as an idea here and there with people being like, well, what if we try and take it to where we move a, a campaign throughout? I mean, heavy rain did it as well. Uh, heavy rain was a very similar game to Detroit. And I, I think their big, their big fault flaw there is that their campaign was so ill targeted. Like it tried to make it seem like it was, Oh, master chief versus this new anti-hero guy. And then yeah, the it, marketing it, seemed weird. Yeah. Like I, it's, it's, it's the just, game was not what I expected. It's just three, four, three settling in versus what Bungie has done. And, and, it's it's a pretty good consensus that's a, that most Halo fans don't really care for Halo or for 343 that much. It's just such a weird change that doesn't make sense. Which is sense. a shame because that studio was built from the ground up to be the Halo support studio. Yep. To, or to be the Halo... I don't even know how to describe it outside of like taking over. The, I mean, yeah, they, they were the, built to take the reins from the Bungie. The Bungie, Bungie successor. Yeah. So, I mean, and I, I don't know. It's an interesting thing. But either way... I personally do want to see more IP that sticks around that's big, though I'll at least applaud them for this. They did have some new IP of mixed success. I thought that Quantum Break was actually a quite a cool game, um, and it was very different from them. It, it Actually, if they would have put a little bit, I, I don't know. I, I don't know that it performed well enough, but it was a good step towards them having a slightly more diverse exclusive lineup, which, which if I say anything, as much as I love the PlayStation games, one of the things we saw happen this generation was a big push towards almost every Sony exclusive being a third-person action-adventure game of some sort. Yeah. Even if there's shooting involved or whatever, it still comes down to third-person cinematic combat that has a really intricate story. That seems to be like the Sony success formula, whereas last gen we saw things like God of War with a fixed camera that was more of an action brawler game. Then we saw like Killzone, which is like a, a first-person shooter that's really really realistic and brutal. Then we saw the one that was a little more sci-fi heavy and like a... Go- I'm going to say goofy, but in a, a less realistic tone with the Resistance series. We saw, uh, of course, Heavy Rain. We, I feel like there was a little bit more diversity, but sometimes with a little bit more mixed quality of some of my favorite games. But then we saw the PS4 hit with a bunch of games that were all great, but they're all a little closer to the, each other than what we saw in the PS3 time. So yeah. if we see Xbox continue to diversify, 
with games that land pretty well, then I think that they might do well. We'll just have to see. It's an interesting time, but we appreciate everybody's response. So, okay, let's see. News this week is weird. Going into the holidays, it's not just a bunch. We're going to save the first thing I typed up for the end. So we're going to go ahead and go forward. And I'm curious as what you think about this because I'm sure you saw us all. Mm -hmm. The Game Awards are soon to be. uh, And to almost no one's surprise, Death Stranding is nominated in every category that it even brushes against in its design. Considering that the annual show is completely organized and ran by host Jeff Keighley, there were those on the internet who raised the questions over the potential conflict of interest with the host's close friendship with director Hideo Kojima, but Keegley was quick to point out that a panel of industry judges determined the nominees. Yeah, I was going to say that it has nothing to do with him being the host. He's just a host. It's a weird thing, because I get it. I mean, I get it too, because people think that everything has to have a level of corruptness to it in their mind, and that's what they think it is, but it's not. Um, What I am curious about is that, is Death Stranding not too close to their deadline, or didn't it exceed their deadline? Yeah, well, I think it's, uh, you know, because the thing about the the Game Awards, at least the panel of judges, is industry people, right? So we have roughly two weeks, December 12th, actually. Is that what it is? Yeah, that's the that should be the Game Awards um, air date. December Game 12th. Date. So we're, ru- we're roughly three weeks out. Um, the game's already been out for two, three weeks, and it was two reviewers two to three weeks prior to that. But isn't it? But it don't do they not have a standard cutoff date of like November first? I don't know, uh, and I don't know if it's about when the game releases. I'm or pretty when. sure they do because uh, Smash Brothers is in this year. When did Smash release? Late last year. I don't know. That's a good question. Either way, I, that's that's what it gets weird. Is it based off of the game's release date or when the press got it? Because if I remember right, Smash didn't go out to press until very close to release. Am I remembering wrong? I can't. Uh, I, I can't recall. But it might be. It might be a thing of. Oh, and that might be the other thing. Is is that part of the conflict of interest? Is that the game got in despite being past that's, the normal? That's what date? I would say would be more of a concrete evidence of something going on than just him being the host of the show. Like he's just a host. People. He doesn't. I mean, he organizes up, it all. He hands I, out I don't the wanna, awards, but he doesn't vote for them. Yeah, I don't want to minimize them. His his role in the thing because of course the only reason the game awards happen well, are yeah. because of him. He but. is he is the sole pretty much proprietor of this of this award ceremony, but he doesn't vote for anything. He you know he mm-hmm. can't go to this panel of judges and say and tell them hey make sure Death Stranding wins. Yeah, and I think that the there's thing no is, incentive for that. The, the tinfoil hats come on here primarily because nobody wants to believe that this game that was so divisive amongst fans or I'm not going to say fans that were so divisive uh, divisive amongst the gaming community. I don't think anybody wants to believe that it can be nominated in all these things because there are just a slew of people that think this game is just terrible in every what, regard. What I told Josh the other day at work was the people who are saying these, the, the it's, there's two groups of people right now in the gaming uh, communities that, and, that, and those two games are Pokemon and Death Stranding. And the things they are saying about these games are factually incorrect to tell me that these people have not played these games. Yeah. Like when somebody says Death Stranding is nothing but walking around delivering, it's like you're lying. You haven't played this game because that's that's literally not all this game is. Or you played the first maybe two hour. hours. Yeah. Yeah. And no. Which like, actually the first hour is pretty action packed. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Um, now it's cutscene heavy, but it's action packed. It is. I'd say probably about twenty minutes of cutscenes. Uh, but yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Like like you haven't played this game if that's what you think it is. And, and well, you know, a good example of uh, within our own community that we can clearly give, and I'm sure you've seen this, uh, was Kiki, uh, one of our patrons and good friends. He was kind of back and forth in the game, had a lot of 
negative takes on it. And I don't mean that in just any kind of, it's just, he did, it didn't seem like it was for him. And he had a lot of things where he didn't think that it was going to be a great game. And it turns out that while he's not that he just loves it to death, but you know, he ended up picking it up because he had trade credit so that he could talk about it and have an opinion based around actually playing it. And I was yeah. like, well, I at least applaud that. Uh, and then, and I don't necessarily think you have to play something to have an opinion though, either. I think if you can, it just depends on how in depth you want to act like your opinion truly is. You, if you want to have an opinion about something you haven't played, you just have to say, this is the opinion I've formed of the things I've been able to see, but it doesn't mean it's concrete and true. Because I think one of the biggest examples is, and I clearly, I say it all the time since the game came out. I, I, I think that they, partially had to but partially could have done a slightly better job still of showing what the game was because i think all the marketing and everything they showed was really really early game and it did make it seem like most of the game was going to be delivering packages but well yeah and i think that's where people are getting this this false narrative about what the game actually is out of it and I, but I, I'm glad they did that because I was pleasantly surprised that like there's more to this game than yes. what meets the eye this is and this is a prime example of a game on why I prefer gifts instead of screenshots. Every screenshot of this game looks the same. Yes. And you cannot tell what this game is about if you're just going off screenshots. And even some of the gifts look similar, but they are so much that you could add in with gifts that that um I can't think of the name of that, that town. Is it South Knot, the crater town? Um Lake Knot. Lake Knot, yeah. There's there that whole that whole original part of going to there for the first time and then fetching that thing for that guy's a test. That right there could have been a gif and of that sequence of any part of that sequence and that is not what the rest of the game is it's yeah. it's or that's not what um not the rest of the game it's not what people think this game or it is what this people thinks it is not what the people think this game is <laughs> i knew where you were trying to go it's uh, completely different than what people are making it out to be but yeah kiki's response ended up being again i'm not going to say that he loves it. i'm not speaking for him but i've clearly seen a change in demeanor of what was once almost an entirely negative feel fit you know towards it to where now he still sees these are the parts I don't think are as good as they could have been, but there's also a lot of things in the game that are more than what he expected. And I told him prior to going into, it, I said, "You just, get, I was like, you know, give it a little bit of time, and understand that once you reach a certain point, there's a real diff, there's a core to this game that you do not see in, in the beginning. I would clearly. say five hours plus is what you need to sink in. Yeah, and and now it comes back to the same argument of day of days gone, right? Is how much time are you supposed to reasonably be able to sink in? I say this: if you played two hours and you just could not see anything that pushed you to keep going, I'm not going to blame you for putting the game down. Yeah, time it's is a very all, valuable resource. It all just comes down to preference. And yeah. if the game drives you as an individual yourself into wanting to play more of it or not, because yeah, somebody's going to play Death Stranding and they're going to, you know, they're going to get bored within the first hour or two, they're going to just put it down. Yeah. That's probably fine. Now, now and, go, ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, and what I meant earlier about those two, these two exact communities who are hating on the game and saying factually incorrect things. Uh, that's not to say that one of the games aren't without faults and that people in the communities aren't actually complaining airplanes. about that was that's the low airplane uh, <laughs> PTSD not, moment yeah, <laughs> they're not complaining about uh, you know real problems with the games but people who are complaining about Pokemon saying oh this game can't hold frame rates at all it's like you're lying because you haven't played the game I haven't had a single drop the whole game and people who played who, who and they say Death Stranding like all you're doing is walk around packages I can tell you've not played this game or you and specifically in Death Stranding, you've played very early of this game and decided to not play it. Well, see, that's, there's the thing. So within the community of the people who are saying things that you may consider to be negative toward both of those franchises, there's there's a further distinction between those. There's the people that are just doing it on the surface level, and they're just doing it to almost 
troll or even if it's not with the purpose of trolling they're just doing it on a very surface level then there's the people who are being a little bit taken less seriously because of the other group that are playing the game maybe even enjoying parts of them but trying to voice real issues that they have with the game while still being like but i enjoy the game or i the game wasn't for me i don't hate it but these are the things i really wish they wouldn't have done yeah it gets to a point where the voice of reason gets quickly drowned out by the people who are being quick to jump to things and what i'm talking about is not somebody that has the voice of reason somebody yeah. who says oh death stranding sucks it's nothing but this this and this yes, it's like okay. no it's not you're not you haven't played all the game or you haven't even played a chunk of the game enough to tell to, to decide that kind of opinion on it see i'm oddly one of both like even though i was excited for Death Stranding, I kept as we got closer and closer. I you was like, I st- I've got the collector's edition. I'm just going to get going, going to go ahead and get it. But as it kept getting closer and they showed more and more, I was like, man, I don't know. This game might actually really not be for me. And even going into the beginning of it, I was kind of like, I'm just going to try to go into it with as open a mind as possible. And I'm glad I did. By the time that it it was done, it completely changed my mind on everything that I was feeling prior to the game's release. Um, and yeah. the same and Pokemon very similar. Like, these are both games that I had expressed issues with based on the pre-release stuff. And now I do have some opinions about both. I actually think I have more negative opinions toward Pokemon. I don't say negative. I have more criticisms against Pokemon than I actually ended up having towards Death Stranding, but I'm not beat Pokemon yet either, so it could still change my mind. Yeah. But that goes to show that, yeah, it, I guess it's the unfortunate side of uh, of the voice of ridiculousness drowning out the voice of reason. And just because and just a game has critiques doesn't mean it's a bad game. People act like sevens and and seven point fives are bad games. It's like yeah. you, no, you don't Not fail school for getting a C, unless you're like in Korea. <laughs> okay. All right. Next up on the docket, though, Bend Studio. Speaking of Days Gone, the team behind Days Gone have begun pre-production on a new game. If a resume update from a studio employee is to be believed, of course, we won't know for sure what the game is for some time. It's almost undoubtedly a PS5 title at this point. But after the great sales and fan reception, not necessarily critical reception. Bubsy 4D. (laughs) Towards Days Gone, a sequel seems very likely given the studio, multiple people in the studio's outwardly spoken passion about expanding the world. And I do think the game sets up very nicely to to either be a one-off or a sequel. Without spoilers, does the game even set up a sequel? Yes, it does. Okay. If If they chose to do it. But it's one of those great endings that you can kind of see it both ways. Like, it could just be a one-off. Well, depending on how they do the world, too, it could just take place in a different area of the world. Yeah, there's that's- a lot of things that they can do, but we'll, we'll see how that ends up going. Uh, you know, I mean, the, the thing about Death Stranding that really got me is, like, and this is a different engine, but it still goes to that thing of, like... I said I said Days Gone. No, no. Okay, okay, I'm just yeah. making sure that... I'm only using Death Stranding, Death Stranding the thing and of, I was like, wait, did he seeing, mishear me? Seeing engines be pushed as far as they are, mm-hmm. like, Horizon's a beautiful game. But Death Stranding utilizes the Decima engine to to a perfection. Even, yeah. So when you think about the studios being able to build from that, I assume that another uh, we we'd still see Unreal of some form with uh, with Days, Days Gone. But it just makes me think of if a small studio was able to do that, that game did really well. What happens if you give them more employees, more budget because of how well that game sold, and really let them go to town? How much? And Days Gone was already a good looking game. How how far do we see that pushed? Yeah. If we saw the Decima engine, again, completely different engine, but we to, saw that push so they need much. They take the Decima engine and use it for the second game. I wouldn't be surprised, but at the same time, the it gets to this thing, right? You the, know, last week we were talking about the Batman thing and how they were, or WB talking about they wanted the Superman, Superman games yeah. and the Suicide Squad games to use the same engine as Batman. 
And even though they don't own that engine, it comes down from wanting all your games to have a look and feel to them. They want to try and capitalize off of the success of one game by being like, look, it looks just like this game. Can you imagine playing a, a Superman game in the style of Batman Arkham Asylum? would be even worse than what Superman already is. It would be so weird. It would be. But I get why, they, I mean, I get why the upper brass who don't understand anything are saying, hey, use the same engine because we saw success on this. It's, it's a lot like we've lamented. Uh, EA going through and making everybody use Frostbite. Yeah, and it's and not fr- saying Frostbite's that a decent engine. Frostbite's a great engine I would, for certain games. Yeah, I would argue that the WB. But, what is it? Um, it that was Unreal Engine three. Uh, I said four or three. Uh, it, it, they could have fixed one major thing, and that's Batman taking up too much green space. I think that was just a choice. Well, yeah, but yeah, because if you play the Batman games, you can pull the field of view back. Not on console. On PC, yeah, sorry. I, I, I was going to say, say Batman games on PC, yeah. you can pull the field of view back. I was like, you can't do that on console? Yeah. So, I mean, it's one of those weird things. But it's where we are. I hope to see Ben Studio do a bunch of stuff. I'm glad that game sold so well and had such great fan reaction. Again, I think they messed up by sending a unfinished version of the game, or a very rough version of the game out for review. It was a worse version than what shipped on the disc. I just think that they played a little too close to the edge. Even a week or two delay probably would have saved them a lot of trouble. Yeah. Uh, but despite the problems of the game, I think it was great. And now that we saw it do well and have budget and probably a lot more people as they've expanded that studio, it's already been confirmed. And we're doing good. I don't know if you saw it or not, but there, one of my favorite videos on, on what Days Gone is um, a guy who is streaming and he's talking, but then he like drives into like a fence and his motorcycle gets caught in like the fence and it's, it just makes this really wide whirring sound and he's talking, but it gets so loud that he just, you can't hear what he's saying. He just keeps talking. It's fantastic. It's hilarious. I wonder if I can find it after the show. <laughs> yeah, we should try and remember that. All right, next up, uh, this is on the uh, on the rumor mill, but back on the same energy the fan base had during the early PS4 days, Crash Bandicoot fans are once again putting on their tinfoil hats in regard to yet another PlayStation commercial. If you remember the first one for people thinking that Crash was going to make its way back was due to, a, again, a PlayStation commercial where you saw a little marsupial, or really it looked like a Crash Bandicoot silhouette on a, on a sign on the road. Uh, but anyway... We had recently PlayStation's It's Time to Play ad that showcased a number of big games available on the platform. And at one point, around the 11 second mark, it shows what the average person would see as a CTR Crash Team Racing reference alone. But more eagle eyed users noticed a new mask design in the background that does not correlate to any existing character the franchise has ever seen. To add fuel to the fire, a leaker who accurately leaked both the Insane Trilogy and Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled say a new game is indeed in development under the working title of Crash Bandicoot Worlds and describes the game as a semi-open world 3D platformer similar to the Mario 3D games. He goes on to say that the new mask shown in the trailer is one of the three new masks that the game will introduce, the Lunar Mask, the Sun Mask, and the Eclipse Mask. Lastly, he says that the game will be announced next month, which would line up with a reveal at the Game Awards about three weeks out. Uh, I don't think that this is crazy at all. Uh, I do think that looking back at everything that happened and the fact that Sony got the exclusive reveal and the uh, exclusivity window on the Crash in Chain trilogy, uh, I think that that was all a marketing coordinated stunt. I think we're seeing this again. I think that this is all... The first thing is probably to see how many people noticed it and if it would be noticed and how the fan base would react without any concrete evidence. And now we're just seeing a game that already sold amazingly, both CTR and the Crash uh insane trilogy it makes sense to keep going and we've recently heard activision say that they consider both spyro and crash to be flagship franchises so i think this is a cool idea i, I i'm iffy 
and me and Saul have had this conversation plenty of times. I actually really love Crash Bandicoot over Mario. And like going back to being a kid, I thought Crash Bandicoot was a lot more fun to me than Mario 64 was because Mario 64, despite being open in 3D, which I understand is impressive for the time, feels less precise to me. Yeah. And I don't know that I necessarily want to see saw. I mean, uh, see uh, French uh, Crash Bandicoot go into a 3D like realm. That's if it's what they're a saying, new one. almost like a Crash Bandicoot in a Mario Odyssey style game. I don't know if I want that, but I'm willing to give it a try, and we'll just have to see. I don't know if I want. To I'd know almost need Activision. to see it. You know what I mean? A new guy up from Activision would be weird. I don't know though. I mean, it depends. To me, I think because they ended up adding it in the microtransactions. Down, who to makes it? Team Racing after. Yeah, when they that, said they wouldn't. Yeah, uh, and now which team was that? Um, it, it wasn't the team that did Insane Trilogy, and you know, um, it's killing me that I can't think of it. It was one of the Call of Duty support studios. Oh, Raven Software. Ravensoft, wasn't it? No, I don't think it's Raven, but I you can't sure? remember which one it was, um, so it doesn't matter. But um, the team at Vicarious Visions, this is a team that did Insane Trilogy, I think they really understood uh, what made him work. So if that's the case, I think that they can really make a new game that feels true to that, considering how much they understood it. Yeah, because um, there was a there was every chance in the world that, that remake would not have done right, considering that they had to remake everything. They even went so far as to and not, don't be wrong. That doesn't mean there weren't some changes, but everything felt true to what it should in terms of the the general feeling and scope of it. I think they could do a great job with it, and it's kind of exciting. You know, I don't know what it is about Crash that just gets people going like this, but it's just it's interesting to saw. I remember how crazy people were when that first trailer hit. With the little sign with the, the, the crash. And it wasn't quite even that you could tell it was crash. But it's kind of like, that kind of looks like a marsupial crash on a sign. Bam. New, <laughs> new Crash Bandicoot game. Uh, or, or bringing Crash back. And it ended up being true, whether it was connected or not. But it there is a kind of interesting fervor that comes up around the series. Yeah. And, and it's love around PlayStation. The interesting question is this time, we didn't see it with CTR. We didn't see limited exclusivity window. Do we see it with this one? I'm going to assume no. I don't think so either, but I just find it interesting that if not interesting to tease it in a PlayStation commercial. Because there wasn't a delay at all on um well, uh what else what else happened with that? There was another like PlayStation game on Spyro. Spyro was day and day right. on every on uh, well on Xbox. To be fair, Spyro's also appeared in Nintendo games too, which made sense. The Xbox was kinda weird though. I don't think there's ever been a Spyro Xbox game, has there? Yeah, there was three six. Was there? Mm-hmm. When Sierra owned it. Yeah, which is also Crash Bandicoot was on Xbox for actually uh, Crash Mind Over Mutant and then Crash um, the one before that Crash I can't remember the name uh, but there were two games um, and I can't remember the people that made in the studio but one of them never even made it to a PlayStation console and I thought that was really interesting it was weird uh, it was an Xbox 360 pseudo exclusive just because it it was real close to when the PS3 got delayed a little bit. And instead of doing the Oblivion thing and just releasing the game but with a DLC on it later, just kind of like, oh, okay, here we go. Just never They happened. just never did it. Huh. But then Mind Over Mutant, I think, came out on all of them. It was very weird. Um, so odd time for the franchise that ended up coming back to a small exclusivity window on the PlayStation. It's been a real ride. Anyway, next up, fans of Arcane's Dishonored series that Bethesda published can follow its co-creator and some of Arcane's former staff to their newly found studio, Wolf Eye Studios. The studio plans to announce their first title during the Game Awards on December 12th. It was a great interview. They talked with a guy or with a couple of the guys about it. And they were all talking about how, which I've, we've said a lot of times, and I think Death Stranding, we keep bringing it up, is a really interesting game, is that AAA games tend to be very 
risk averse and letting people try truly unique things. And it's so rare that it gets to happen that it is odd that a game like Death Stranding gets made because it's a very, like, looking at it on paper and even seeing somebody play it, it looks like it's full of risk. And it yeah. and it was, clearly. But it's done well anyway. Jeff, um, can you please make the Game Awards on a Friday night next year? Oh, it's on a Thursday again. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I thought that was interesting, and I'm glad to see. Um, I, it's, it's that time of the year where we're going to see a lot of things teasing a Game Awards reveal. Or things that would line up for that's, a Game Awards. That's reviews. one of my favorite things about Game Awards is not necessarily the awards, but the footage. I still don't know if we're going to see Elden Ring there or not. Yeah, and that's what I want to see. You know, I think it's part of what made PSX so hard is that you're. It was literally following the Game Awards. It made it hard. Oh, yeah. In terms of there was this Content feeling for that for some reason PSX couldn't just be a fan event where everybody goes and there's not even a keynote, which I'm completely okay with. Sony has this idea in their mind that if they do a PSX, it's going to be expected that there's some form of announcement. But how do you do that when there's so many announcements that happen the night before at the Game Awards and it's only gotten bigger every year? There's more and more announcements every year at the Game Awards. That might be why Sony hasn't done a PSX in two years. Yeah, I'd love to see them just go back and say, we're not trying to announce anything. We're just going to do what we did with the last one, which is essentially update some things that we already know about. Because this will be their second year without a PSX, right? This will be their third, third year. Third year. Se- 17 was the last one, right? No? No, it was, yeah. Well, so yeah. it would be two years then. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard to say. Hard to remember. But it's coming to a point where I want to see them bring it back, hopefully. But last thing, or last couple things, Saints Row fans awaiting word on the long-teased new game can find some solace in the publisher Deep Silver announcing that the new game in the series will be announced in 2020. And the last thing up on the list before we get into our main topic is among the rumor train, again, as multiple sources mentioned, Capcom are pushing ahead with a remake of the Resident Evil 3 Nemesis game after the huge success of Resident Evil 2's remake. Here's the weird thing about this. We saw uh, the Project Resistance, Resistance, um, which, of course, ended up being like a multiplayer and maybe even that, uh, what do they call it when it's lopsided multiplayer? Asymmetric multiplayer? Yeah, 1v4 or 1v3. Is it, is it called asymmetric? I think that that's the right wording for it, but I can't remember. It kind of reminds me of what I wanted. Um, what was the Resident Evil 4 game mode that was, it, it debuted in that game? Where Oh, uh, uh, um... Mercenaries. Yeah, it's almost like mercenaries, except the player's the monster. I've got to look up the wording for this. It's going to kill me. And I know someone's just yelling at me. Like, it's called this. But it kills me. I'm trying to just remember. It's like games like Friday the 13th. It's not asymmetric, because yeah, uh, the game is an asymmetrical multiplayer. I guess I'm right. Yeah, it's, op- it's lopsided. But asymmetrical also makes me think of... Okay, so hold on. What's it called in Dark Souls and No Man's Sky? I thought that was asymmetric multiplayer. Technically, it is. It's still lopsided. Hmm. It's weird. All right. It just seemed that there would be a more specific word for that. Uh, would, but anyway. I, I would go and say that, that no, the way No Man's Sky is now, it's more open online. Yeah. Did you play um, Did you play Resident Evil 2 and 3 on PS1 back in the day? Uh, 2. Never played 3 on PS1, but I played on PS2. Like, got my PS1 copy. Game oh, and play, okay. Yeah, yeah I got, I got, you, on my I got PS2. you. But you played the PS1 version. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, PS2, though, we went to our cousin Brett's in Arkadelphia, and I, that's the first time I played that. And I can't remember if I borrowed it from him or if I rented that one. Well, the reason that I'm bringing that up is it seems like, and I kind of see why they would want to. Because it's not because that Project Resistance is not quite a, a standard, uh, fair resi- Resident Evil title, but Resident Evil Two and Three were essentially the same engine, same play style, same camera angles, and everything. A lot of the same assets because they're direct sequels to each other, essentially. Uh, 
And they were able no, to put played, that game out very quickly. I played three on GameCube. Did they redo three on GameCube? Nemesis on GameCube. Great, I didn't know that. I was like, wait a second, I didn't rent a PS1 game, or I didn't go buy that as a PS1 game. Must I was thinking of Dragoon. Oh, yeah. Legend of Dragoon. But anyway, uh, with that being said, th- that game followed very closely because a lot of it was reused assets and direct sequel and an idea. There's no reason that Resident Evil 3 couldn't come late next year or even early next year. I would say early next year. I mean, across the board, it could come any point in time because realistically, it's going to use the same engine, the same camera style, a lot of the same cameras it'd be or characters would be able to reuse most of the assets and nobody would care because it's a direct sequel. It's kind of like when you do a game... Like when nobody cared about Assassin's Creed being yearly when it was every game was the Ezio one. People kind of got tired of it once it was like, well, now these aren't even direct sequels to each other. This is like new character here, new yeah, character here, new character universe here. stuff. Yeah, the idea of a game every year coming for three years in a row to try and have like a trilogy around one character it works a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know. I mean, did surely end, we'll see. But did that did Ezio end at three? Yeah. Okay. I Revelations. It was Assassin's Creed three, or Assassin's Creed two. Sorry, then Brotherhood, and then Revelations. Those are the three Ezio games. Four games, isn't it? Three. Altier is what I'm thinking of. It's the first one, yeah. And that he's only the first one. Yep. I liked him the most. <laughs> I think you were among a small group of people on that friend, <laughs> that franchise. That's the only game I really cared for in that series. I could not stand that game. The first uh, one, Brotherhood. I didn't like two either. Brotherhood was all right. Uh, I never played Revelations. Did you play the first one at launch? Yes. Oh, okay. That was cool at launch. It, I think it was one of those things where it, it took forever to come out. You remember that game was delayed a lot. Yeah. Um, and it was coming. I don't know. I think it was a, a lot of things. I think the game was open and empty for no real reason because it was trying to be next gen. But I was almost like, I'd, I would have preferred that empty. Kind of had some crowded. Go, go back and play it. Now, no, I like these rose-tinted glasses that I'm wearing. Yeah, I think that you're definitely in some uh, rose-tinted glasses. But anyway, you about ready to move on to the to that main topic? Yeah, I'm gonna go pee pee real quick. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to hold it in as long as I could. I uh, shouldn't be surprised. All right, I'll get us started while Saul goes off. This is this is becoming frequent, Saul. Are you frequently urinating? Another new patent from Sony, uh, from Sony uh, shows off a patent that is very likely to represent something that actually will hit the market. We talk about a lot. Uh, a lot of patents never make it to market. But uh, this patent shows the new controller design for the PS5. The patent shows a controller that is mostly unchanged from the DualShock 4, which is not a surprise. We knew that from the Wired interview uh, earlier this year. Uh, not long ago, where they talked about the fact that we were getting uh, haptic feedback in the controller, and there's going to be a, a different step away from the traditional rumble, and that he got to try it out. Uh, so, you know, it's one of those things, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I'm not surprised that it's not that different, but there are some changes. So the first thing is the triggers look to be a tad larger. Not really a bad thing. The charging port on the controller is a USB-C port, which was also revealed during that aforementioned interview with Wired. And the biggest change of all is the removal of the light bar. Now, this is the main interesting point of this because it raises a question about how PSVR backwards compatibility is going to be handled because we've already been promised that moving into the next generation, PSVR will be completely backwards compatible with PS5 until eventually getting a new PSVR um, model or whatever you want to call it a secondary follow-up sequel to it or whatever you want to call it um that will release a couple of years you know expectedly a couple of years into the ps5 uh it's just going to be bigger and better now the thing about that is with a 90 percent of the psvr games having controller support and that controller support being handled by tracking via light 
what are they doing in these games or what are they doing with this controller that will somehow solve the problem of not having the light bar to where these games will still be functional uh, and you know it, it's it, there's a lot of quick solutions you can think of. Maybe you'll still just have to use a DualShock 4. And maybe they'll still be compatible, uh, but you just won't get the benefits of like haptic feedback and stuff if you want to use that, which the games from the VR for PS4 wouldn't support anyway. Then you get the point where you have this situation where they might be doing something on the inside uh, with a sensor or something to try and replace that to where the game thinks the light bar is still there, but this controller is just saying, hey, this is actually where we are because we have a sensor that mimics where the light case, where the light thing would be. Uh, it's an interesting idea, but it raises the question of if backwards compatibility is as big as they want it to be, and definitely for PSVR, which is a fledgling technology that has, that's at the height of its industry, it is even if it's not the best VR headset, it is the best-selling VR headset. Kind of goes with that thing. So, Salt, what do you think it's going to be? I have my, my basic idea that I just kind of posited. I kind of like is that. Go I ahead. heard you. Okay. Right. Yeah, the sensor inside the controller acting as the new light bar for the new... Well, it would make sense, right? Because yeah. if all it's saying is, hey, the controller normal or the camera really is what it is. The camera normally says this, but if there's, an, if there's a setup to where they can have the controller do something and feed the information to the game as the camera would have, then it just subverts that. Yeah, um, so I was telling you before we recorded that there's a conspiracy uh, going afoot about the newest Black Friday deal for the uh, current VR system for PlayStation 4. The normal VR system is going on sale at a lot of retailers, Walmart, Target, and Best Buy, all for the same price, all for the same bundle. It is $200, $199.99, and you get the PSVR and I think five games or four games. I thought it was three, but you might be right. No, I'm pretty, I, it's, it's at least Here, four. Um, keep talking. Go ahead and look, look it up real quick. But right now, the, the, the word on the streets is, is that why that's so cheap. It's already going on right now, by the way. Is that, yes, uh, it's on Amazon right now, active, yeah. for those that, um, that want to hear this Monday and go pick it up. But, yeah, the, the word on the street is, is that they are trying to clean out all of their old units so that they are going to, within the next year, release one oh, more wow. iteration of... PSVR. That is fantastic. Okay, yeah, it's it, a real good deal. It's five games. Just for anybody that doesn't know, it is a PSVR headset with the camera, no controllers, uh, but all the games that are shown here support the controller, uh, which is the, the normal DualShock 4. PlayStation Worlds, which is kind of like the demo. Yes. It's not quite a demo, but it's they're all like short, variety games. Yeah, short variety games. There's Elder Scrolls Skyrim VR. Astrobot VR, which is one of the highest rated VR games out there. Uh, Resident Evil 7, which is fully VR compatible, which is fantastic. And let's go, uh, uh, everybody's golf. I, wanna, I always want to say let's the go classic. No, the, the classic, which was let's not go everybody's golf. golf. It was uh, Hot Shots Golf. But, but yeah, so, everybody's golf VR. So, so, so what the, the conspiracy theory is, is that they are just trying to get this bundle out of the way to get rid of all these old camera and headset units. And that... The new unit that's going to come out at the end of the PS4's life cycle is going to be the same unit that is going to be used for the PS5 because they haven't exactly specified that this current unit that you have is the backwards compatible unit. They just said that PSVR is going to be backwards compatible. They could be snakes and slither Boy, that around that. Be... that. That would make a lot of people upset. That would be a PR bungle if I ever saw one. Yep, but that is the current conspiracy theory on the streets right now. And the reasoning for that, that that is that people are saying that this deal here, I forgot the exact amount, but they are losing 
it's upwards of like $11 or $21 on average per bundle. They, they, they sell at this price. Now, this is going to sound um, weird. And I understand that, you know how earlier we were talking about how there's just groups of people and everything. Like, you know, we we're talking about Death Stranding and Pokemon. Well, yeah. This comes back around that when you get into these things, there's two groups of people that exist on the rumor side of things, right? So you hear a rumor, you hear, you see this, right? And then you have two groups of people. There's, of course, more, but I feel like there's the obvious two sides of this are, the, the, the negative tech side, which is that Sony's trying to do this to clear stock to release a new headset that will only be the they'll be the only one compatible. Yes. Uh, which we we both agree would be a terrible misstep. An idea, a terrible idea. And yeah. I think everybody I will say that Sony would this be was being that. actively uh, discussed on the PS4 subreddit yesterday or Thursday, whatever or Friday, I mean, whenever the deal like was starting to go live. Yeah. And um, this was not like Typically, you cannot post anything they're negative about PlayStation, or you just get downvoted and get removed. Um, this was not ha- had that problem. People were actively discussing. Yeah, like, I, yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's worthy of discussion, and I don't even mean that. That's, that I don't think that's some bad thing. I think it's clear that we know that Sony has the capabilities of messing up. They've done it before. This seems like such a big misstep that if they went this route, it'd be really surprising. Yeah, isn't Skyrim still forty bucks? On VR, I don't know. Yeah, I have um, it, but I just I, I don't I don't know how much it costs. Because I, I I would think that like yeah, this is a good this is a great bundle. Now, move controllers are what fifty dollars. I think so. Okay. They could they could stand to get a price drop. They're old technology. I don't know why oh, they have to drop. Real old technology. But yeah, this is where it comes down to what the 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 flip side of this. That's a little less. I'm I'm not even going to say negative. I think that that's a clear like. This is a way they could be going, the way that the the other people are talking about, that they're trying to do something weird like this that says, well, the new one's going to be compatible, but the old one wouldn't. That is a, I understand how people reach that. Mm-hmm. But I think the other side of this comes down to a conversation that me and Liam had recently, way before this ever even came. We were talking about Black Friday when the rumor first started about the uh, $199 uh, or potentially, actually at the time the rumor was a $150 dollar PS4 Slim for Black yes. Friday, which did not end up being true. No. Uh, but... He said, I really hope that they have a big push on VR in Black Friday because it's one of those things where it's a little bit more expensive to get into and he, he feels that they weren't showing off VR enough or putting, pushing it enough with deals. And what pushing it does in a sensible business way, if you were working at Sony, the idea that you're going to put this system on and even lose a little bit of money on it, first of all, these are probably deals that they've made with these people. Hey, we're going to put this pack out, but these may people are going to get your games. And future VR games that you do, or future games in general, you may do. You may find new fans. You may somebody may play Elder Scrolls for the first time ever on Skyrim VR 11 and be ready for the next one. Yeah. Who knows? But uh, I'm sure this is deals on games that a lot of them are older. If you notice, everybody's golf is them, and so is Astrobot. So they're not yeah. really losing anything. At least on that. two years, two years old, right? Astrobot's <laughs> been about a year and a half, two years, and I'd say about a year. Everybody's golf has been about. Two uh, no, and everybody's a half. golf is more recent. The VR version. It's a standalone. Title. Oh, okay. I thought it was. I thought it was a port of the older version. It, I mean, or it's the, just a VR port of it, but it's very recent. It's the same game, but fully VR compatible. Yeah. I, okay. Uh, well, then the retail version of that game came out, or the the normal of the version, original. Yeah, like three so years ago. Yeah. So then, Resident Evil Seven is, of course, about uh, that launched with the system, actually before the system, um, and Skyrim. Uh, was pretty close after launch. So when you look at these, these are all old games, but they're all great games. I think they're some of the best examples of of the game of the, the range. VR. Yeah, of what VR can do from a, not only a range but a technology standpoint. And doing it one ninety nine ninety nine does one very important thing. It gets more people invested in the idea of VR. It gets one in their hands, and then it makes them that much more likely to fall in love with it. And then look when B, when PS Five has their new PSVR two or whatever we're going to call it, and go, I really enjoyed that one. But look how much better this technology is. I'm going to go ahead and jump into this one at day one instead of way down the line. I just now realized I know what the PS the new PS VR is going to be called. Going to be called PSVR Duo. 
Guarantee it. Why do you think that? Just duo, two, two going off their old school naming of memory sticks, memory stick duo. It was, it was literally the memory stick two. Right. PSVR two sounds dumb. PS PSVR duo sounds fancy. I don't know what they do with the with naming because you know nobody's done a two. Nobody said this is the Val. This is the the Oculus Quest or the Oculus two, Oculus Rift two. Nobody's done that. It's always been Oculus Rift, Oculus Quest, Quest Oculus Go. And when you look on the side of Valve, uh, which is theirs, um, or HTC, I'm sorry, Vive, you haven't seen Vive 2. You've just seen continued iteration with a new name. Um, I don't know how they do it. If I'm being dead honest, it's clear that people really like when Sony just stick to numbers. And when Sony sticks to weird names outside of that, like Vita, doesn't go so well. <laughs> but, you know, it's hard to sell. Uh, sorry, but either way, I think that makes the most sense. And on top of the fact that this sale does not lose them much money, but gets it, it makes investors who are maybe worried about dumping this much money into VR more happy when they see this many more people have them in their hands. Yeah. And see, it, it, it gives them a PR win in terms of the thing of being able to go, look, we were already head of the VR industry. Now we're that much more ahead because we sold another 2 million units. I'm not saying they're going to, but let's, let's just say they sell another 2 million units this Christmas. Now that puts them heftily ahead of the competition. If, the, if any of the competition, I haven't checked the numbers in a little bit, if any of the competition are starting to catch them, this is a good way for them to separate themselves and still remain for shareholders and for general market purposes. It's good to be able to say that you're on top of an industry. Yeah. Even if it means you have to take a small hit to do so. The only thing I wish is that they would do more frequent, like uh, like what Hot Shots is doing. Like, I want Subnautica in PSVR. Yeah, but that comes down to the people. You know, when it's a Sony-made game, they can kind of determine whether they want to do that. On the yeah. other thing, it's just going to have to be Sony really trying to push developers. That, hey, you know, what would you like? Would you like to see Subnautica done in VR? You think you could really do something cool? And the developer has to buy it. Well, and, it's already there. It's on know. Steam. Well, yeah, but it's, it has to be ported to the VR, yeah. the PSVR, which does have a different control scheme and everything. Yeah. So, you know, or I should say, not even control scheme. It has different challenges peripheral, to overcome. Peripherals, yeah. yeah. So, it, it's, it's interesting, but I mean, I'm surprised we haven't seen Fallout 4 hit VR, PSVR yet. We saw it on computer, but we didn't see it ever yeah, hit that's PSVR. True. I'm pretty sure if it did happen, it may have just been that I didn't play it. <laughs> yeah, and we all know how you feel about PSVR. Oh, it is there. May never come to PSVR. I, I I figured. I've never seen somebody put a sidebar over there like that without with it about not being released. It's yeah. the name Fallout Four PlayStation VR. Yeah, but either way, it's a it's an article that talks about how it may never come. I doubt it. Yeah, it's not going to come now. I think it's too late. I think it's also too hard of a game to push the system with. If I'm being dead honest. Yeah, that game um, already ran kind of poorly on on, on normal 4, PS4. Yeah, let alone PlayStation Four Pro and VR. But yeah, I mean, to me, this I, I could see that, right? But I also see this as being the thing of if they're if they're not going to push VR as much next generation, then why do this? It clearly shows to me that if they're dropping the price this low, they're doing this well on the auspice of wanting VR to be really pushed going into next generation, and knowing that any game that you release for PS4, which will be VR compatible, automatically works on PS5 due to backwards compatibility yeah. of both not only the game from a PS4 standpoint, um, but also as a VR game. But when you get into that, it does make you think, then again, why? And this is something we've brought up in a lot of past episodes in regards to not only the Vita, but of course the DualShock 4, is that these special input 
and and control mechanisms that they put into certain things. On the Vita, of course, it was the front touch screen and the rear touch pad, but the rear touch pad was the real one that was like, do they ever want to do this again? Because it's, it costs to do it, mm-hmm. and not very many people liked it. Not very many people used it to, to its full compatibility. But if you ever release another handheld without it, then suddenly Vita becomes not supported because it has to have a, a, one of the flagship games, Uncharted. You have to have, bare minimum, touch screen, camera, at least on the back. You've never used the front one. Uh, you could use the back touchpad, but I don't think it was ever required. Didn't thankfully. you use the back touchpad to like dust you, things off? You could no, that was things. the front. You'd, you'd oh, like okay. you'd, you'd put a piece of paper up and you'd rub your finger That's over right, to like a charcoal over. Yeah, to do a charcoal stencil, which was cool. Yeah, uh, the back touchpad, thankfully, in that game was all relegated to the idea of. What are things that you can do in the game naturally with an analog stick, but if you wanted to do it this way, you could. And one of those was, I don't know if you recall, you could jump on a vine, and if you were supposed to climb up it, you could either do the analog stick and climb up it. Or you could stri- or uh, you could, down. you could do your fingers like this, like you were, which was, again, a cool idea. Not a good how one. How many people really, it, it worked well too, but how many people are going to really use that? Yeah. Because it's kind of excessive you know it's kind of like the idea of everybody wanted to be like hey motion games means we can work out well a lot of people just end up sitting in their butt anyway because it's kind of like ah i can't i, I just want to play this game yeah so it's an interesting idea but it, it begs the question of how are they going to do what are they going to do with the dual shock 5 because i think that so many people going into the playstation 5 are going to completely get rid of their ps4 due to backwards compatibility and with that, that means any DualShock 4 they have is going to go with them. So if they go to play a game that doesn't support move controllers, but it entirely requires you to use the controller like Resident Evil 7 does, yeah. uh, then how do, you, how, how do you bring those things together? How do you let someone play Resident Evil 7 on PS5 if the controller doesn't support it? It's a great game. It's a great use of it. And, it's, and I, Resident Evil 7 will be a game that continues to be a good selling point for PSVR. Absolutely. Yeah, that game's horrifying. And it's exclusive to PSVR. It never released on any of the other VR pal- platforms. Are you sure about that? I'm fairly positive. Check, check Steam. I will. I will. Is the only, thing, is the one, only one I'm, I think it actually did release on. Because um, I remember, I swear, I swear I remember watching a streamer fall, and I, and I think they were playing VR while playing it, but he well, just might have gotten scared out of his seat. Um. But yeah, like the the new controller patterns look interesting. I'm kind of I'm curious as to how they're going to work out without the light bar. Uh, that almost will mean that we'll have better battery life just on that alone. Um, as long as they could stick a battery that is the size of the PS3 controller's battery in there, I'm also good with that. Somebody also said that the top of the PS5 will feature wireless charging. You just lay your controller on top of your console to charge it, and that's that sounds kind of lame to me. I don't, I don't really know. want that. You finding anything? Not yet. I don't see anything that clearly says it ever released on another Just platform. Ty- try typing in Resident Evil 7 Steam VR or Resident Evil, Resident Evil 7 VR Steam. It gets weird because that game is not a separate title for that. You know what I mean? Oh, ow. Um, well, if the, if the VR, if this one says it, then we'll be good. Yeah. I hate how Steam always makes you go into like these age, like these age gating things. Yeah. That's such a dumb thing on websites. I always lie. I just put... <laughs> yeah, I just scroll down like 1990 like I don't ever change the date. You know, their system has to be looking going, man, how many people were born on January 1st of, of, of any given year? <laughs> or 1909. I should start putting that. I'm like over 100. Yeah. Do they even let you? Can I, can I put like 1892? Probably not, no. I, I wouldn't cool. let you if I was making that software. So if VR was supported, it would be over here on the side, correct? Should be, yeah. Like you'll see a, um, like a controller, a keyboard and mouse, and then a VR headset. I do not see it. 
I'm pretty sure it's nope. exclusive yep. to PSVR. So, yeah, that's what it looks like. So either way, it, it was a, a it was a good pull for them. A lot of people love that game, even though it was very different for VR. It just comes back down to the idea of that wasn't really important to the question is, what do they do? And I think that, you know, one of the things you talked about was a, uh, and this was not something that came from Sony, but a design idea from someone else, right? Yeah, the, uh, okay, so what this was is that imagine a PS5 controller that looks like a little bit beefier of a DualShock where it's, it almost functions like a Switch controller where the left side with L1 and L2 can slide off and the right side with R1 and R2 can slide off and you have your respective analog sticks and D-pads uh, respectively. Um, but the middle is the camera and you basically take the middle of it where the headphone jack would be uh, at the bottom. There'd be a camera there. The headphone jack would be on the top and the USB charger could be in the back, you know, whatever. Uh, but this one specifically had the camera on the bottom where the headphone jack was. And you essentially just take it and you place it as like a separate entity entirely. And then you plug it into the top of the USB cable to charge it and, or to power it. And you essentially have yourself a on-the-go VR um, module? I shouldn't say on-the-go, but it, what it would be doing is essentially making VR easier to handle. Now, here's the thing. That would obviously be going into the next generation of VR. Well, but you, it's a cool idea in terms of how do you handle a lot of these things and bring them forward. You know, the 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 thing about VR that we constantly talk about is that honestly the the light tracking is its biggest weak point. Um, so while you have to ask the question of how does PS5 controller DualShock Five for all intents and purposes for this time being how does DualShock Five count in for supporting current VR versus how does VR whatever the next VR iteration is from Sony what does it do to get away from lights Yeah, some somewhere in between you have to try and either come out and say the only VR games that will be compatible are games that do not function, do not support the controller or if they have controller support, you won't be able to utilize it. But if they have motion one support, you can use them. I just don't realize huge that misstep. If, I don't think that would go over well. It, well, if you have a PlayStation five, you have to keep your DualShock four to play your old VR system. And I don't, but if you're not uh, clear about that, that's what I'm saying. If, if that ends up being the case and somebody says, listen, if you only have a DualShock five, you can't do it. But if you plug in a DualShock four, you can, They've got to let that be known soon, sooner yeah. rather than later. Because people who train their systems go train their controllers too. Absolutely, and like what you're saying. Well, you're required to. Actually, Are you? Yeah, well, if you trade really if you required. trade in a system, you have to trade in one controller, bare minimum. See, I thought and you had to trade in the power cable, the HDMI, and you would lose trade credit if you didn't include a controller. Maybe that's how it is now. But when I worked there, you yeah, had to have like a, a controller. <laughs> that's true. I haven't, well, I haven't worked there since 2013. But that's a decade ago. <laughs> okay, thanks. <laughs> Six years equals ten years. Good enough. But, uh, yeah, like, unless you what you're talking about in the, in the very beginning, if we do get, like, a sensor, if we don't, like, yeah, that, that's going to kind of bound that older system to an older controller. I don't even necessarily know that I'm – that I applaud them for having the balls to say the light bar was not a great idea and let's take it off of the DualShock 5. If only they would say the same thing about the touchpad. I don't mind the touchpad, and I think the touchpad has more use of – has a potential for more usability than the light bar ever did. Touchpad just feels like a gimmick in games that require both sides being used as buttons. It just depends. Like I said, every game does it different. I click the wrong side or... And it like, has the same problem as the touchpad, right? Whereas there's been a couple of games that use it really well, and then there's a couple of games that just... And, or, and then the majority of games don't really use it. But I still think there's a better argument for keeping the touchpad than there ever has been for the light bar. And that's there universally... Is. No, there is. Uh, I'm agreed, not, so... Yeah. And I think that that does come down to backwards compatibility. I think that for 99% of games, 
outside of VR, you don't need the light pad. You don't. It doesn't, or the light bar. It doesn't matter at all. But a lot of PS4 games are programmed to use the touchpad. And if you don't have it there, then how do you get into menus on certain games like Diablo? How do you, um, if you play Days Gone, how do you get into the menu if you don't have something to replace a touchpad? Well, what's interesting is that if you're playing like Destiny on PC, uh, since you don't use the Microsoft Share uh, or you know whatever their screenshot button is on the left, that's that's left click on D, on touchpad, and the right click is start button. Yeah, and where the Xbox button, I believe, is the way to uh, to do something. I don't remember what it does. It's rare that I play a controller. Yeah, on but that that comes down to be the question of I understand removing the light bar, have something in the in the DualShock Five, preferably to mimic it for games that do require it for VR. Or make it very clear very early that if you want to play PSVR games on PS5 that are controller supported, you have to connect a DualShock 4 to the, to the PS5. And that's fine. I don't think that that many people will care, but you have to let that be known before they... Like somebody like me, I'm not going to, but if I, if I was going to trade in my PS4, and I was like, well, if I'm not keeping the PS4, then why keep all these four DualShocks if I don't really need them? Yeah. And I trade them all in. Well, in my case, I could have just kept one. It's been fine, but there's going to be people that there's, I know plenty of people that keep only one controller at a time to the point where if it messes up or breaks on them, yeah, the average, they literally have to go to a store and buy another one. Yeah. It's very rare. It's, it's more, it's more um, rare than anything else that that you have have more than than one. one. Yeah. And definitely if you have more than two, I think two is at least sometimes still given because there's a couple of couch co-op games this gen, but it's still very rare in comparison to just having one. So I don't know. It puts us in an interesting point. Um, I'm curious to see what they do. Um, and either way, as long as there is a solution, I'm okay with it. It's just they've got to be vocal about that sooner rather than later. And maybe after a Christmas like this where they have, depending on how well the VR does, if they already know what their plan is, maybe they go ahead and come out and say, hey, considering all the VRs we just sold and our commitment to PSVR being a PS5, uh, being supported on PS5 completely, that does mean that you will need a DualShock 4 to do this. But yeah. we're going to wrap this episode up. we got to go get moving on to record our other podcasts and get moving for our, uh, you know, multiple, multiple, I got Thanksgiving to do today for one side of the family. It's kind of weird. Yeah. So anyway, we'll get going. But uh, our community state question for this is, are you interested in PSVR moving forward into, uh, are you interested in PSVR this Black Friday? Do you have a chance of picking up this bundle? And if so, how would you prefer they handle moving forward with it on the PS5? And what would you like to see PSVR change in its next iteration? But I will get that thrown up. If you want to go ahead and, and comment on the video, you can, or in Podbean or any of the services there, you can. Otherwise, I'll get it thrown up on Wednesday on all of the social media stuff, and you can give me your answers. But we love you guys, and we'll see you yes. next time. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks to our patrons, Dan Barber, Josh Jarrell, Matthew Green. My name is Dan, Douglas Below, Sean Santarude, Eric McAllister, Matt Sycamore, Funk Turkey, Shadowist, Stephen Salazar, The Stonard, Travis Below, Eduardo Palomino, Stefan Sondland, Coy Live, Philip Laguerre, Corey Hickerson, Brian, Donovan Williams, William Digital Spooker, Derek Porter, Josh Ayers, Brandon Edwards, Sean One Neo, Tyler Powers, Dylan Kirby, my boy Sam Coffin, and of course, I got to put one last one on here with Solitary Red, and we will get you guys added on. I'm so bad about that, but we'll get. If you like to support the show with your hard earned money, we'd appreciate it. Go to patreon.com slash nartech, uh, and you can see what bundles we got and what you can get. Thanks.